Hello, and welcome to Plan Boldly with Brooke. I'm your host, Brooke Logan, and I'm here to help online entrepreneurs like you put more you, your voice, your personality, your you-ness into your online presence so you can stand out boldly and grow a fully engaged audience that resonates deeply with your message. Because here's the truth. Your experiences give you a different perspective. Your flaws give you relatability. And trust me all, being more you online magnetizes your ideal clients to you like a chip to a big old bowl of queso. Just let me teach you how to use it. Let's dig in. So let's get started then. Yay, today with Megan and I have moved on from trying to introduce people because I always F it up. So I'll let you introduce yourself. (laughs) Tell about you and your business and kind of how you got started in in this and give us a little background. Okay. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Megan Nas and um, I'm a CPA and I was in, let's, we'll just go back kind of a ways, but I was in public accounting. Um, I've been in public accounting since like 2006. So it's been almost 12 years now, which is just crazy to think that it's actually been that long. <laughs> wow. Um, and I started out with a bigger firm, mm-hmm. um, uh, like a regional firm in my state. And it was great, but it was just really, you know, like it was intense. Like tax yeah. season was intense. And I just, I, I could tell I was getting burnt out and just not happy with, yeah. with how things were going. So when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I'm like, oh, this is, this might be a good way to, to exit the industry. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, my husband and I had talked about, you know, if I should go back to work or not. And I kind of like left it as like, oh, let's just play it by ear. But like deep down in my heart, I knew I did not want to. Yeah. And, um, so a couple years ago, I had, or three years ago now I had my daughter and I just started doing some, um, tax and bookkeeping work on the side. And mm-hmm. I started my business under, a com- Brooke knows this story, but a completely <laughs> horrible, boring name. And it was, what was it like in financial, in financial solutions? It was yeah. so boring. It was so <laughs> just blah. And it, you know, it was awful, but obviously my strengths are not in branding and, and stuff like that, <laughs> or like accounting. And, um, and I did that for two years without doing any kind of advertising, any kind of anything, but there was just, there's so much word of mouth, mm-hmm. um, locally, which is great that I, mm-hmm had a lot of work, but it's also challenging to try to difficult or challenging to try to juggle like kids and like, mm-hmm. like trying to meet people and do all that stuff. So I really knew I wanted to try to make that shift to go more virtual, mm-hmm. which has been amazing. And, um, so now I primarily work virtually, um, just doing stuff like, you know, through zoom. And I mean, you guys all know how easy it is with technology these days yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. So I'm working with people, um, you know, in different States and I'm helping them, you know, with their bookkeeping and, um, their taxes and kind of getting a handle on their financial stuff that yeah. is, is scary yeah, <laughs> to a lot of people. <laughs> So now I, my business is called Alay Accounting mm-hmm. and I worked with Brooke back in, it was like February, January, wow. February. In a while. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, rebranding the business and it was an awesome process. It was an amazing experience and it just, awesome. um, it really helped me get some clarity around like, what do I want to do? What do I want my brand to say? And how mm-hmm. do I want to use that to, to communicate, you know, what I'm doing? And it's been awesome. Yay. 
That's so good to hear. <laughs> I try to like follow up with everybody that I always work with and try to yeah. keep track. And I loved your, how your website turned out. I thought it was awesome. So I'm glad you like it too. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. I had one call with a client who, um, you know, just a total cold call. He was a referral from somebody else that I know. But when we were wrapping up the phone call, he's like, wow. He's like, this is exactly what I expected after like <laughs> looking at your website. And I'm like, that's, ex- that's exactly what I wanted. You know, it basically was a perfect transition from, you know, a website cold call into me. So yeah. that worked great. And I've heard that from a number of people. So it's, it's awesome. Good, good, yeah. good, good. Cool. So before we dive in, um, I have to ask everybody kind of what is your definition of branding? <laughs> like, what does it mean for you? You know, if you would have asked me before I worked with you, it would have been kind of like, you know, what's your logo, what's your colors, you know, and stuff like that. Just the very, just that stuff. Yeah. Um, but now I have a much better understanding of it and it really is just your voice, you know yeah. what I mean? And like being, um, I kind of talked about it like with just being a smooth transition from, you know, yeah. what people are seeing without actually meeting you and talking you to you into to actually like having that conversation with you and having that be a smooth transition. So they yeah. get a feel for who you are before they even actually talk to you like face to face or, you know, I love it. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I, how I think about it is just being consistent and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. You're right. You, you kind of already answered that question <laughs> all on your own without asking. But, but before I definitely would have been like, well, it's a logo and it's like font and colors. And I, yeah. I didn't have a really good understanding of it for yeah. sure. Well, cool. Okay, good. Yay. I'm glad. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to just like shut up now and ask questions along the way, but let's dive in. What are we Uh, learning? So what I wanted to talk to you about today were just a lot of questions that I get. um, Just a lot of really like, not basic, but just like foundation questions that a lot of people have though, you know, you're running your business, you're doing a million different things and like bookkeeping and like keeping receipts and stuff like that is not what you want to be doing. (laughs) So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, why you need to separate your, your business accounts and your personal accounts. Okay. And then I wanted to touch base on, um, so what kind of like records and receipts you should keep Mm -hmm. uh, for the IRS. And that goes along with how to, how long to actually keep those. Yeah. Um, and then like, now that you're keeping all this stuff, like reducing clutter and kind of like making it work within your business. I love it. I need all of it. <laughs> so um, the first one is why you need to separate um, your business activity from your um, personal activity. And when you're first starting out, it's really easy to be like, well, I have money in this account, so I'm just going to use this for whatever I need and, and vice versa. So if you have all the money in your business account, it's easy to like use that money to buy groceries when you're out at the, <laughs> out at the store. And believe me, I've like, one day I went to the store and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't have anything but my business card. So of course I had to use it. But, um, one of the reasons to keep everything separate is one, it makes it way easier for, for bookkeeping purposes. I mean, like it's, it's pretty obvious. Like if all of your income and expenses are in one account, you're going to be able to go through that account and know that all the expenses were business and all the income was income. Much and, uh, yeah, much faster. And you're not going to forget that the target trip that you, you know, used your personal account on was actually for business stuff, you know, yeah. three months down the road, because you lost the receipt, you're not going to look at your bank <laughs> statement and remember that. So um, one reason is just like, makes your bookkeeping so much easier, yeah. which is kind of the obvious one. Um, the second one is, if you ever got audited, it's, 
kind of can help maybe sometimes control the scope of the audit. So okay. if you get audited, typically what happens is the auditor, and I'm always just going to say IRS, but it could apply to your state too, will ask you for copies of all of your bank statements. Okay. And they're going to look at your personal bank statements and your business bank statements. And if they see a bunch of just commingled activity, they're going to want to go through everything with a fine tooth comb to make sure that you know, the expenses that you're actually claiming are legit expenses and not like grocery trips and, you know, trips to the spa and stuff like that. Um, and the same thing with income. So if you had like, say you got a birthday gift for $100 and you deposited it into your business account, but you don't have a copy of that check, um, they might be like, well, you don't have proof for it. So now we're going to count it as taxable income. Okay. Um, so if you get audited and everything is very, very separate and very, very defined, they're probably going to believe you when you're like, oh, yeah, that was a, you know, they, they might be more adept to believing you. Yeah. If you're like, <laughs> because oh, you got no, all that's other shit in order. <laughs> yeah, everything else is in order. So you're not like trying to like shuffle income in between places and your expenses in your business account are probably legit business expenses. Cool. That makes um, sense. Yeah. So that definitely helps. Um, and the last one that's really, really important that I don't know if people think about as much is when you uh, go into business for yourself, especially if you set yourself up as like an LLC or like mm -hmm. an S corporation or something like that, one of the main reasons to set yourself up that way is so that you are, you know, creating like a separate entity to separate your business and personal assets. So right. if something ever happened in the business, you're separating your personal assets. Well, well if you're commingling all your funds and you're not treating your bank accounts as separate, you're not really helping support the validity of that, of the separation of business and personal assets. Okay. Does that make sense? So like if you get sued, they can take your house and not just your business money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they could, they could come along and, you know, like the, in the courts and I'm not a lawyer. So this is just yeah. all like just from my experience of what I've talked with about lawyers and stuff. But like, if you say you have a, one bank account and it's in your whatever business name or personal name and everything's just run through there and you get sued and they take you and you go to court. I mean, I could easily see a lawyer on the other side being like, well, this is your business account, but you have all these personal things in there. It, are you really running your business as a business? You know, should your other assets really be separate from your business? Okay. So, like just kind of helping keep the validity of your business. And I mean, shit happens. Like it, we've all been there <laughs> to where we've had to use one account or the other. But yeah. <laughs> I think the, you know, if you can like really focus on making that the exception rather than the rule, right. that's going to be the best for you. And um, you know, if you, if you have all the money in the business account and you need to pay personal expenses, just transfer the transfer 500 bucks to your personal account and spend from there, you know, don't just use your card transactions yeah. and, <laughs> stuff, and stuff like that. So, and you know, those transfers in between business accounts and personal accounts, those aren't income and expenses. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just transferring money, mm -hmm. but it's a lot easier for an auditor to see, okay, that $500 went to personal all the other expenses were personal expenses from that personal account. So cool. Um, so the bookkeeping one is the obvious one. The other ones are kind of more of like the back end, you know, like kind of helping yourself in an audit, yeah. um, you know, definitely helping keep the validity of your, however you're, you know, organized. So awesome. Yeah. Super, and then super important, <laughs> super, super important. And then one last thing on that is um, the IRS has these laws called hobby, hobby loss rules. Okay. So where if you have a business and it has continuous losses, um, usually if you have losses like three of the last five years on your tax mm -hmm. return, 
they could come in and say, you know, is this a business or is this a hobby? Are you just trying to use this business as a write-off to offset other income? Mm -hmm. And um, if you have the separate accounts and you're keeping track of everything separately, that's going to help your defense. Like, no, this is a business. It's just taking me a while to make a profit. And they'll allow you to have a loss if you can prove that you're actually in business to make a profit. So if you have losses, that doesn't mean that you can't take them. Um, (laughs) But again, it just helps that validity that you're actually running your business like a business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. (laughs) So, but, but sometimes you get stuck at the grocery store with just a a cart. (laughs) You You gotta do it. You gotta do it. (laughs) You're not putting your groceries back. So I hope that answers all the questions on that for everybody. So, um, so that kind of leads into record keeping and and like Mm -hmm. keeping your receipts. So the, the general rule is, if your expense is under, if like your one item expense is um, under $75, then you don't have to have a receipt for it okay. from the IRS standpoint, um, which that might be, but anything, okay. So anything over 75, keep a receipt for, okay. um, if you're traveling, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, keep your airline, um, your airline receipts, your hotel receipts, anything like that, because the IRS will not look at your, um, credit card statement or your bank statement and be like, Oh, I see that you paid, um, you know, Delta airlines, $400. Like they're not going to just take that as an expense because they don't know how many people traveled. They don't know the details of all of that. So absolutely keep your itineraries, um, you know, as backup and keep your, keep your actual physical receipts. Um, same thing if you're like, traveling like and having like meals with anybody mm-hmm. like right that was now. gonna be my next question <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately in 2018 this all changed brand new in 2018 is if you go out and you just you take your client to lunch you go out and have drinks to talk about business you, you it, prior to 18 you used to be able to write off that expense mm-hmm. starting in 2018 with the new tax law you can't um but you still want to keep track of it for your business you know because right. it's a legit expense so keep you know keep that but if you're traveling and you have to pay for meals, you know, mm-hmm. you have to go, you have to eat, then you can take those as a deduction. So keep those receipts also. Um, Good there's, <laughs> yeah, there's still like a lot of what ifs, if you like, if you traveled and then met a client and had lunch, mm-hmm. would you be able to write that off because you're entertaining, but you're traveling. So there's <laughs> still so much junk in the air from yeah this tax law. It's kind of crazy, but so like, this this next week I'm going to be in New York. We're leaving on Wednesday and coming back on Monday. And mm-hmm. it's it's for it's a business conference, but the event is only like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like, mm-hmm. could I write off the meals Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but not the other days? Is that? Yeah, you'd okay. you'd be able to do so if you're so they have uh, rules with like travel to where like if you go and your trip is extended mm-hmm. because you can't fly back until a certain day, then you can write off all of that travel and all of those meals. Okay. But if you're going and you could fly back Friday, but you're choosing to fly back Sunday, then mm-hmm. you then you can't write off the meals from gotcha. Saturday, that Sunday. Um, and one other thing that you can do instead of like actually writing off your meals is when you're traveling, you can take a per diem, okay. which allows you to have it's like they have different rates for different places in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could say I was there for one day and then you get a full day's per diem, which 
Like in Montana, it's like $46, but like in New York, it's probably like $80 a day or something, you know, something like (laughs) that. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not coming to Montana. Um, So keep track of the days that you're away also. And then at the end, and keep track of your receipts. And then at the end of the tax year, when you're getting ready to file your taxes, you can see which is more beneficial. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, definitely keep your itinerary, keep all of that stuff. Um, And and earlier I mentioned that if it's under 75, you don't necessarily have to have a receipt, but I'm going to tell you why you should. And, and <laughs> I'm just going to use Target as the example because Target has things like office supplies. They also have things like clothes. Yeah. So if you have a, a Target, like say you go to Target and you spend $45 on office supplies, you know, printer, all that stuff, mm-hmm. printering 45 bucks and you lose the receipt and you get audited, it's going to be, you know, the auditor could take your word that, Hey, I actually bought office supplies, or they could say, you know what, you don't have your receipt. I'm going to disallow the expense because you could have bought clothes. So even though you're not necessarily required to keep those receipts, it's always a good idea, especially when it could be questionable, questionable, just because the line item on your bank or credit card statement is not going to be enough to actually prove what you bought. That makes sense. Yeah. And like there, there are some things where it's like, parking or tolls. I mean, it's pretty obvious that's what it is. And it's like a dollar here, you know, five dollars here. That's not as bad, but yeah. So like office depot or something instead of target. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the good rule of thumb is just to try to keep as much as possible. And I'll get into like how to make it easier a little bit in just a few minutes. So we have a couple questions. Let me see. Oh, good. Tana said this is super helpful. And then she's curious about gifts, entertainment, meals. And then she said you're reading her mind. So (laughs) Tana, (laughs) if you have more questions, let us know. But um, and she said, so no more local meals then. Is that? Yeah, no more local meals. And Tana, the the 50 miles from home rule. I haven't ever seen anything that gives an exact mileage for rule for, for that. But what I've seen is um, if you're traveling outside of your normal place of business. So for like me, I work from home. This is my normal place of business. Mm -hmm. So if I have to go 10 miles somewhere and meet a client and have lunch, well, that's, I mean, if I have to travel 10 miles somewhere, I could probably get away with that. And if I was there during the day, you know, all day, Mm-hmm. that's not my normal course of business. Um, but you know, so there's, I don't, there's not necessarily like a miles thing, but like, what's your normal course of business or where's your normal area of business? Yeah. Um, uh, Tana's a, a photographer. She's actually, in the, <laughs> she's my real life friend. Yeah, she is. Awesome. Tana's awesome. Photos. <laughs> so like I work in my house too, but I know she doesn't, she doesn't have like a studio. So mm-hmm. if, if you're, would her whole, the whole town be like her? <laughs> yeah. Like if you're normal, like normally if you're working in the, in town, like, you know, normally in town, that's where you're working, then that's, then okay. anything outside of that, I would say would be okay. But if you're normally working in town and like traveling a certain number of miles, you know, then I would say anything inside of that probably cool. you, it's yeah. probably crossing the line a little bit. Yeah. So no more <laughs> local meals, um, would be deductible for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, different city area, Tana. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I saw somebody did comment something about client gifts. So you can deduct if you give a client gift more and if it's less than $25, then you Mm -hmm. can deduct it. But if it's more than $25 per client, then you can't deduct over the $25. So 
Um, That's good to know. I've been thinking yeah. about adding in like client gifts for, for different programs and stuff. So that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, so 25 bucks is the max. They're probably not going to look at that one line item and be like, let's audit this person. They have a lot of client <laughs> gifts. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, you know, people will classify that as like advertising and promotion. I mean, yeah. you know, you're promoting your business. I think there's kind of a, a grayer line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why this stuff scares people so much, at least me, because I yeah. feel like a lot of it is kind of like a gray area. It is. It's not cut and dry. It's not like this is a client gift because like you are promoting your business. You're promoting like yeah. the word of mouth of your business. You're promoting, you know, the good, the goodwill of your business. So yeah. it is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So receipts, we talked about that um, mm-hmm. mileage for your vehicles, um, oh, yeah. record keeping, you have to keep track of your miles. So whether you're uh, writing off your miles or you're writing off like your actual expenses, like your gas and all of that stuff in both instances, you have to keep track of how many miles you're driving. Like mm-hmm. what are your total miles for the year and what are the business portion of your miles? And the, the total miles during the year, is super easy. Just what's your odometer reading at the beginning? What's the odometer reading at the end? Um, there's so many apps out there nowadays that you can just like turn on when you're traveling and doing, um, that stuff. Cool. Uh, commuting miles are not deductible. So if you're driving to, if you work from home, but you also have an office in town, you can't deduct those miles. But if, then if you're going somewhere else outside of that, you can. Okay. Uh, so keep track of your miles. Um, that's really important. And okay. So then, um, I think that's good on the record keeping stuff. But as far as what to keep, but now I'm going to talk about how long to keep it. Okay, cool. So the statute of limitations, basically for when, and, and each state can vary. So like Montana used to be five years, but then they now conform to three. So check with your state to make sure. Mm-hmm. But the IRS is three years. Okay. And it's three years from the date that you file your actual return. Okay. So it's not like April 15th of every year. It's like, if you like don't file for three years and then file everything, they still have three <laughs> years from that to, out, okay. to audit you. So you want to keep your receipts for at least three years. Okay. Um, if you, if you accidentally like underreport your income or something like that by more than like 25%, they can actually open up back to six years. Okay. Um, and I'm working with a client right now who filed his own tax return and left off literally 50% of his income. Cause he didn't realize like how he, how he should have been reporting it. Okay. And, and basically if, if he does, and we're going to amend it, obviously. And if he didn't amend it though, he would be, um, they, the IRS could, could wait for six years before they went back and got him. Yeah. And that six years, there's penalties that accrue interest and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. So I like to suggest holding it on to things for at least seven. I mean, okay. it's, it's kind of a pain in the, in the butt, but at the same time, like <laughs> if you automate and keep everything electronically, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah. Um, so I say, at a minimum three years, but then keep everything seven. Um, those are like your receipts, your bank statements. Um, if you're reconciling your books on a monthly basis, keep your reconciliation reports. Okay. If you, um, when you're preparing your tax return or have your tax return prepared, you'll use your profit and loss to like figure out what your, you know, fill that stuff out, your balance sheet, keep all of those financial records for seven cool. years. Okay. Um, after that seven year, um, oh, and if you have employees, you need to hold on to those employment records for like four years. So, okay. um, after that time period, you can go ahead and get rid of those things, but you want to make sure to keep forever copies of your tax return 
And then I would just keep copies of the actual tax forms that you receive like W-2s or 1099s or anything like that. Um, I've seen instances where the, a 1099 is issued for like $600 and the IRS gets it and doesn't see the period, the decimal point, oh, And gosh. they write to the client and they're like, you owe this much money because you had 60,000 of, of income reported and not 600. And it's like, no, 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 no. Here's the 1099. And you have to send it into them and be, you know, yeah. so it's good to keep copies of all of that because even the IRS messes up. Yeah. And if you have it, then you don't have to request it from whoever sent it to you. And there's, you know, paper, paperwork. For sure. So, <laughs> it's super important though. <laughs> it is super important. So, um, yeah, so I would say at a minimum of three years, but cool. I'm going to, if you keep everything electronically, like I'm going to talk about next, then yeah. it, it's probably not a problem to keep it for seven. Cool. I keep everything electronically anyway. So, okay. And I try to buy everything online. So I don't even have a receipt. I just save the email receipt. Right. And, like save the copies of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I keep, everybody probably keeps their things differently. I'll tell you what I do and then cool. some tips on other things that I've seen. Cool. So um, what I like to do is keep like a folder system mm-hmm. on my computer and okay. um, I keep it like tax receipts. And then I have business and personal, like mm-hmm. each of these is a, is a folder and then subfolders. Okay. And then inside of business, I have like bank and credit card statements that I print to PDF each month, or then I have it. Okay. Bank and credit card statements. And then I'll have like my organizational documents, like my okay. LLC filings, like anything important like that. Okay. Um, and then I have a tax receipts folder. Okay. And then under each of those folders, I have it by year. Mm-hmm. And so I can go into, I want to, I'm trying to find a bank statement. I go into my bank statements and I'm looking, then I go to my year and I'm just able to drill down. Cool. And so each month I save a PDF copy of my, of my bank statement to a PDF. Okay. Almost all banks, you can log on and get them electronically, but Mm -hmm. let's say you do get audited. A lot of banks don't keep your PDF copies on file for three years. So it's kind of nice just to have a PDF copy that you can grab if you had to. And, and all of this all of this is if you get audited. <laughs> um, and then like under my tax receipts, I also have it by year. Okay. And then um, I will like anything that I get emailed to me, I automatically convert it to a PDF and then put it in that tax receipts folder. For me, that's a lot easier for me to find exactly what I need rather than searching through my email. Yeah. Cause, and I, I know some people have like a tax receipts like folder in their email and sometimes stuff gets put in there. Sometimes it doesn't. And like, <laughs> accidentally goes to a folder or <laughs> right. And, and like, I, I will keep it as an unread email until I convert it to a PDF. And then I put it away because yeah. if I, the other day I had like 40 unread emails and I, I had anxiety about it. Like, yeah, if I have, like, I can't handle it when I have like an unread email. Um, I'm the same way. <laughs> I hate the red bubbles on my phone. For I, I have a client I work with that has like, like a thousand. And I'm like, how do you even function? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Um, so I just save it and I'm, and I'm such like, I'm over nerd in this, but I'll be like, you know, 2017, Oh one, you know, uh, 13. Cause then I have the year, the month, the date. So I know exactly what I need to grab when I find it. Dude, um, we're like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I have the date and then the name of the, where yeah. it was from and then kind of like a, what the yeah. heck was <laughs> yep. As a PDF. Uh, yep, exactly. And then, so that's how I do all the electronic stuff that comes in. And that way I, and I'm, and I make myself deal with it as I get it. So yeah. that way it's not just building up and piling up in my system. And that's what helps keep me not from feeling overwhelmed by it. 
Um, and then what I do with my paper receipts is um, what I sometimes, and I'm not super consistent in this, it depends, but I'm getting better. But what I used <laughs> to do is just grab my paper receipts, put them in a box. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of each month, when I did my bookkeeping, I would scan them all in as just one PDF. Okay. Um, I use this scanner on my phone. It's called cam scanner. Have you guys heard of that? Oh, that's cool. I haven't yeah, heard of that one. I've heard of, of oh, things like that, but. And cool. it's amazing because you can do batch PDFs. So you can just take pictures of all your receipts, batch them, and then I'll like label those like, cool. you know, 2018 January receipts, whatever. So all of those just get put in there. I don't put them in one by one. And then everything's in each month's folder or each year's yeah. folder with dates. Um, and so that's what I do there. But like what I've been doing also recently is I use QuickBooks online. Mm-hmm. And by using QuickBooks online, you can actually like I'll leave Target because mm-hmm. I just did this the other day. I spent a lot of money at Target. <laughs> Target's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it um, the other day. I just like I got in my car. I took a picture of my receipt inside of QuickBooks online. And I said, Target, it was for office supplies and it was for $43. Mm-hmm. And then when my, and it, and it saves it in QuickBooks online. And then when my bank feed comes over, my credit card says, oh, you have a $43 charge from Target. Is this the same thing? And it matches. So it's That's really cool. awesome. The only problem that I've thought about with this is if I decide not to ever use QuickBooks online again, and I go somewhere else, like if I start using wave or zero or something, mm-hmm. all my receipts are going to be stuck on QuickBooks online. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of like having the files in my computer just yeah. so that yeah. um, I have them and not QuickBooks online. Yeah, I did. The, I think zero does something like that too. Cause I had mine attached, but I still kept them too. I'm like, yeah, paranoid of all <laughs> yeah. <The internet> breaks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If I can't get in there, if they decide to discontinue. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how I basically do it. Um, you know, like I, I try to do things as I go to yeah. make it easier. Um, but then I also have like, I sit down at the end of each month and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my books. And since I do it every single month, it makes it easy. Cause I know exactly what I'm going to do each month. Mm-hmm. And if you get like, if you get stuck to where you're like, every time you sit down, you don't, you don't remember where you need to get started, like mm-hmm. make a checklist. Like I need yeah. to do this and this and this. And then that way, when you sit down to do your books, you're like, oh, I just need to like print out my bank statements and I need to scan myself it, and yeah. it makes it easier to do it. So it's not the funnest part of your business for sure <laughs> of like doing business stuff, but it doesn't take much time if you can do it as you go. And then um, keeping things electronically, just like find a system that works for you. And, um, you know, some people, it works great to keep all their receipts in an email folder. And that's great. Just make sure that you're consistently doing that. Yeah. And everything is in the same place. So that's my advice there is just keep everything cool. in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, do it all the same. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. And, that, and that's, that's the thing I've learned as a, as a business owner and like just working with clients is like what works for one person definitely doesn't work for another yeah. and people's people just think differently and, and that's yeah. okay you just have to yeah. make it work for you and that's all exactly. that matters exactly <laughs> <laughs> <Same thing with laughs> branding yeah yeah so it's the same business accounting and branding is the same yeah. <laughs> I love it yeah I think um, Hannah had a couple more questions <laughs> okay what about um an LLC, at what point would you recommend going that route? I would advise not to do it for as long as possible because it throws red flags for the IRS. Um, Tana, so the thing with the LLC is um, I haven't heard anything to where it, like, um, where it causes red flags to the IRS. And when you're a sole proprietor, just operating under a business name or your name or an LLC, the tax situation is exactly the same. 
there, there are no tax savings if you're an LLC or if you're a sole proprietor. The LLC just adds in an extra layer of protection. Okay. And um, I know a lot of people who are sole proprietors and they have business insurance and that's just fine. Um, a lot of people are an LLC and they also have business insurance. So it just kind of depends. And that's where you'd probably want to talk to an attorney in, in your state just so that you could figure out if an LLC was going to be beneficial as far as protecting you from liability. And it definitely varies like what type of business you're in. Mm -hmm. You know, photography is probably like less litigious than, um, you know, if you were like snow plowing or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, it just kind of depends on your business and stuff like that. But there's no tax savings uh, with an LLC there. um, If you ever get to a point where I think if you're making net income, so gross income minus expenses, and you're around 40, $50,000 net, it might be beneficial to to elect to be taxed as an S corporation where you have an S corporation and you actually pay yourself wages as an owner. Like, and so you receive a W2, you can definitely get some tax savings that way um, because you're not paying self-employment tax, but um, in the light, yeah. And the liability with an S corp is very similar to an LLC from my understanding. But what a lot of people do is they'll start out as an LLC Mm-hmm. And then convert to be taxed as an S corporation while, while retaining the legal structure of the LLC. Okay. And that's super popular nowadays. And that's, I, I see that a lot. And it's really nice because you can start out as an LLC and getting taxed at the sole proprietor level and not mm-hmm. having to file an extra tax return. Mm-hmm. And then once your business gets busy, big enough and you start making enough money to where the extra burdens of being an S corp and having to pay wages and all of that stuff. Like that makes sense. It's easy just to check a box to get taxed as an S corp instead of having to set up a whole new S corp and a whole new entity. Yeah, that's so. a, that's awesome. I remember <laughs> hearing that option, and I was yeah. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I just explained it perfectly. <laughs> oh, good. So yeah. So like, so as a sole proprietor or an LLC, if you make forty thousand dollars net, you're getting taxed federal tax on forty thousand and self employment tax on forty thousand. Mm-hmm. Self employment taxes, Social Security, Medicare tax. And that's like 15.3%. Okay, so yeah. 40,000. So if you were making 40,000 and you were an S corp and you paid yourself wages of 20,000, you're only paying self-employment tax on 20,000 and you, yeah. but you're paying and you're paying federal tax on 20,000 of income and 20,000 of wages. So you're still paying tax on 40,000 but you're saving the 15.3% yeah. on the 20 that you're not of wages. I, I hope it. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you explain things so clearly. That's why you're so awesome. <laughs> that says it on my website. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so I love- had a couple questions. Does mm-hmm. that depend on the size of your business? And what about a coaching practice? Do you usually see LLC or S corp with the taxes? Shay, I think it, it just really depends on um, the income. Like we just talked about. Yeah. So, um, a lot of times I've seen businesses start thinking about doing an S corp when their net is around 40,000. And the reason is, is because you have to file a separate tax return. So that's an extra cost. Mm-hmm. You have to file, um, payroll, you have to pay payroll taxes, which the, the federal, the federal stuff you're already paying. Um, but now you're subject to state unemployment and like federal unemployment. Mm-hmm. Some states you could be subject to workers' compensation, which is extra. Some states, like in Montana, I know you can elect out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on what state you're in. And then, um, shoot, I had something else that I was going to say about the LLCS <laughs> corp, and it will come to me. 
but yeah, so you have a little bit of extra costs and stuff like that. Oh, the thing I was going to say about LLCs too, is depending on what your state, what state you're in, it can be really expensive. So um, like in Montana, if I want to file an LLC, it's $70 registration and an annual fee of $20. Mm -hmm. Like the last time I checked in California, it's $800 minimum fee every single year, regardless of whether your business makes money or not. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's their tax. So depends on what state you're in, you know, because if, if you're not making enough to, to save it on the self-employment side, you don't want to file an LLC in California because you're just going to be showing out 800 bucks a year. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the minimum. So then it graduates up depending on your income. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're similar to you guys then. I think it was like 75 when I first did it and then like 25 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't bad. You know, yeah, at no, all. it's and, not bad at all here. <laughs> it's not $800. Yeah. <laughs> so, <That's crazy. laughs> um, so Shay, I hope that answered your question. Um, if it doesn't though, feel free to comment in and I can try yeah. to answer that a little bit better. So I have a random question that's kind of still related, <laughs> but not, not about record keeping necessarily. So you were talking about, you know, when, when your net income gets to a certain amount. So I've heard, I, I just remember like being terrified of this when I first started out and like quarterly taxes are like a separate issue. That's also terrifying, but like how much should I set aside for taxes and all of that stuff? So someone had told me to like give myself 50% and then put 30% for taxes and 20% for expenses. Is that like, like, how do you, how do you do it? Or, or like, how do you recommend that other people do it? <laughs> uh, you know, there are so many ways that, and there's so many books out there that's like, pay yourself first, you know, pay yourself X amount each month. The way that I do it is I look at my income and then I look at my fixed expenses. Okay. So your fixed expenses are things that you have to pay, whether you make $50 or whether you make $2,000. Yep. <laughs> those are things like your website costs, your telephone, you know, all of those, your insurance. Yeah you have to make enough money to pay those before you pay yourself. Right. So, excuse me. I just drank some carbonated water. <laughs> okay. So, real life, y'all. <laughs> real life. So you have your income, then you have your fixed expenses mm-hmm. and then you have, and your fixed expenses. Um, and so I'm kind of talking a little bit of budgeting here too. Mm-hmm. And then you have like your variable expenses. Those are the things that are kind of like, well, I'd like to buy a new camera or I'd like to buy, you know, a new computer. Can mm-hmm. I work that into the budget? And you also need to work your estimated taxes in there. And so mm-hmm. some people, if you're organized as like a sole proprietor or an LLC where you're the only owner, mm-hmm. some people will say that 30% is a good conservative estimate because you know you have to pay 15.3% of, of self-employment tax. And then the other 15% kind of covers whatever income tax bracket you're in. Um, you know, and with the new tax law changes, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more stuff that's different with like the (laughs) the 20% deduction and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out over the next couple of years under those new laws. But, you know, 30% is a really good conservative estimate to just make sure that you set aside. Okay. Um, and so quarterly payments are the IRS basically wants their money each quarter. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get it, they can assess you a penalty. They can say, hey, you should have paid in this much money based on your income last year. Mm-hmm. So if I don't get that money, I'm going to assess a penalty. Um, if your income is, so they lo- they're basing that estimated penalty on your, on your taxable income of last year. So if you're okay. starting out, it could be a lot different. So yeah. if your income liability was zero last year, like if you didn't owe any tax last year because you just didn't make enough money, then you're probably not going to get you know penalized the first year that you make money right. but then after that you want to make sure to set enough aside cool. and pay it on a quarterly basis 
Um, so when I, when I do my taxes and my budgeting, basically I have my income, my fixed expenses, um, my variable expense, like my variable expenses and my taxes are all right up in there. Like I know I have to pay my taxes mm-hmm. and then I have these other variable expenses that, that I can control, but you know, and some of those are like just dues and subscriptions to like yeah. Facebook groups or, you know, stuff like that, that you kind of, you kind of have to pay, but you don't really have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, cut it out, you could. <laughs> yeah, if you had to cut it out, you could. And then after that, that's when I look at my, okay, now I can pay myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that this is still in that LLC, um, you know, single ma- or sole proprietor situation. Now I can afford to actually take a paycheck because all of my bills are covered. You know, all my expenses are covered. My taxes are covered. Now I can pay myself. And so of that amount that you pay yourself, it just depends. Like how much do you like, do you want to put 10% into savings so that you have a little bit of buffer and mm-hmm. then take the rest out? You know, it kind of, it just, it really depends on a business by business. Yeah, for sure. Scenario. But that's kind of how I work it rather than saying I made X amount this month. I'm going to take 50% for myself because okay. then what if, what if I'm short on my fixed yeah. <laughs> or not paying my taxes and stuff like that? Yeah. So make sure that those things are covered first and then pay yourself. Cool. Yeah. Does that answer <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it would be nice to just be able to like, I'm going to pay myself first, but then what happens if you don't yeah. pay your taxes or, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't have enough money to pay your bills. So that's how well, I, and I thought that was something that was really cool about your business in general too. Cause yeah, you do the bookkeeping and everything, but you also have this whole other piece with the, the cash flow and budgeting calls. And I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's such yeah. awesome service, <laughs> especially yeah. for people just starting out who have, no idea what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, like I was. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to wrap your mind around all of that. You know, it's like, it's, I think about me when I'm like trying to think about like technology stuff, like how in the F does HTML work? And I'm following <laughs> the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, so that's how accounting is for a lot of people because yeah. you're not an accountant. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not, neither one of those things are just common knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it is, it is nice to be able to do the bookkeeping, the tax stuff and the, the budgeting and cash flow, like kind of all, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've seen it all, you know, so it's, it's nice to have that. Yeah. Well-rounded. Yeah. <laughs> From somebody who understands your business completely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. If you want to talk about your freebie a little bit too. Um, oh you- yeah. So my freebie on my website is just kind of, um, it, um, it basically kind of is like a good checklist of like where to get started to get like where to get started because, you know, it's like I have all this stuff going on. What should I do? What can I deduct and all of that stuff? So it's just a really good basic intro um, yeah. on all of that stuff. Okay, so a lot of it is kind of what we talked about a little bit today was the separating your accounts is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, the organization and record keeping like you have to set these systems in place. And then, um, like making like time for this, for this part of your business, it's not fun, (laughs) but if you make time for it and you like work through it and you get a process and system in place in four months, it's going to be so much easier. And then once you have that information together, you're going to actually be able to like make good decisions based on the financial (laughs) performance of your business. Like, can you take that trip? Can you do that continuing education class? All of those things, because you'll have a better idea of where your money is going. Um, so many people that I've worked with are like, I've been so busy this year. I've got to be making money or mm-hmm. like I have X amount of money in my bank account. Like I'm doing awesome. And it's like, well, <laughs> expenses too. Yeah. 
Um, the big picture. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, there's a little checklist in here in the freebie guide of like what you should do each month um, to get started. And actually some of it is uh, there's one part in here that talks about like budgeting for the next month and kind of thinking about budgeting. Okay. Um, and then there's a, a list in here of some stuff that you can't write off that a lot of people think that you can. So, <laughs> so like, helpful. <laughs> memberships and, and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like a, a quick and easy guide um, to see if, yeah, you know, see if you're kind of like starting to have all your ducks in a row. <laughs> and it looks pretty, you know, not, yeah. to be, not, not that I'm biased or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks I didn't make it look pretty. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Well, probably the most fun you guys have had talking about accounting and taxes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I love this. Okay. But I'm yeah. so excited that you came and awesome. shared all this with us. I know it was super helpful for me. So good. It was good. for everyone else too. <laughs> good. Yeah. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, I think that's all the questions we have today. So thank you okay. for everybody that came on live. Yeah. Thanks guys. That was fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Everyone have a good night. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did with this episode. If you loved it, please consider sharing this episode with a friend, giving us a five-star review and subscribing to brand boldly with Brooke. So you'll get notified when each new episode drops. And if you want more right now, head over to brook-logan.com slash podcast where all the goodies are waiting for you. See you soon.